The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's March 15th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. We have a special guest star, David Nichols. David was high school classmates with Nick. And speaking of school, David is also a student of the game, and we thought we'd bring some offline chatter onto the podcast and gain somebody else's perspective about what's going on with the black and gold, especially about the upcoming draft. But first, a word from our sponsors. A word from our sponsors, indeed. Whoever is playing for the Steelers, whoever the Steelers draft, is going to be running for their life, assuming they're a running back. That's what we're talking about today. So if you're running for your life, you need to have good shoes. Where do you get good shoes? You get them at eBay, baby. All right, from rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. Me, myself, I just bought some Doc Martens off of eBay. Those aren't sneakers, but you get the point. Very reliable, I can tell you firsthand. So I get a lot of them. Here's the, here's the catch, though. Armchair is going to hook you up in a big way. In a partnership with, e- with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. Big boys, topping them up. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Honestly, I get most of my clothes at eBay, so this is a good deal either way. And hey, getting those one-on-ones, that's not a bad deal. eBay sneakers, Armchair, do it. March Madness is happening. All of your brackets are busted. You have to go big or go home to make up for lost time here. Bet online. That's where you need to do it. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA is in full swing. College basketball is an absolute nightmare for probably most of you. My bracket's not busted. You know why? Forgot to submit it. But either way, schools are making their way through the madness right now. Tournament is here, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for your bracketology needs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Ching, your online sports book experts. David, welcome to your first Steelers Outpost podcast episode. Thank you very much. Happy to be here, gentlemen. It's uh, been looking to looking forward to it for a while, Nick. We've been talking about it That's for right. a couple months. And uh, I mean, I'm just happy to be here and talk about football. I love it. It's the start of a beautiful thing. Like, it's so long overdue. We've been talking for months. We basically are doing the podcast ourselves over tweet every single day. <laughs> text message. We yeah, over, te- over text. Paragraphs and paragraphs over the smallest little thing like Joe Burr's scrambling ability in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> or Trey Sermon. You know what? We're talking this morning about Trey Sermon. Like, okay, save it for the podcast. Yeah. We yeah, are adults talking about Trey Sermon third-round running back from Ohio State at, like, 9 in the morning. So it's time to share the knowledge with the rest of the country, I guess. Let's do the it. world. So David is a renaissance man. He knows about a lot of the NFL in general. But as I was finding out pre-show, he has a deep knowledge of the Steelers and is going to bring another perspective to the yes. discussion. And speaking of the Steelers, as predicted, this was a crazy week in the NFL, and the Steelers were not to be outdone by anybody. Shocking us with the news about Juju's resigning. We have the puzzling news about Steven Nelson and released of one of our favorite players. I can't even bring myself to say his name, but we're going to get into some of those transactions and what implications they have for the season. But let's start out with a blockbuster. Let's talk talk about the hometown deal, supposedly, that Juju took to remain a Pittsburgh Steeler. 
Yes, so Juju, this is shocking. This felt like when the Juju news came through, David is the one who texted me about it. Usually I'm just (laughs) refreshing Twitter. I try to keep the updates off of Twitter because I don't want them flashing across my screen all the time. But I realized in that moment, like, dude, I should just have the alerts on because I probably waste more time checking it and refreshing it. But luckily when you got a good network, you know when the deals are going down, right? So when Juju got signed, it derailed the rest of my day. I was mid-workout. It was so exciting because that happened simultaneously to the excitement in a bad way of the announcement that, by the way, you're starting cornerback once a trade. Good thing you already lost the other one a few days earlier. And it felt like the fourth quarter of a, of a game. And I don't know why I think of the Oakland game three years ago when Boswell literally fell down on the game-winning field goal attempt and they lost. But um, full transparency here, David in keeping with our uh, tradition of all of our guests being fans of the AFC East, David, lifelong Pats fan, skip, can't say, uh, Washington football team fan as well because we obviously both grew up in the area. But I would say the Steelers now, after the Patriots, have had these ridiculously like exciting free agency periods. So I have plenty of thoughts on the, on the subject, but David, what do you think about the Steelers re-signing Juju who, to me, is a phenomenal player. This is a 24-year-old who probably has 10 years left of productivity. He's incredibly durable. But the Steelers not only draft receivers really well, they have two guys in Claypool and Deontay Johnson who even have more potential than Juju on the roster while other positions like cornerback are falling apart. Yeah, so that I that's what I was thinking exactly when they signed. Does that mean one of them is going to take a back seat or is Juju going to take the back seat? It's a one-year contract. I highly doubt it. He's going to still need to produce and hopefully get that payday next time when the TV deal goes through. Yeah. But, I mean, it was pretty obvious last year. Johnson, when he catches the ball. Let's not <laughs> get started on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when he catches the ball, he's dynamic and by far incredible route runner. And then Claypool, hit or miss for a rookie, obviously going to have a little bit of a roller coaster. But when he yeah. did hit you can see an absolute stud in the making, just making plays downfield and incredible catches. So where does Juju play out in that? Does he take on the same role that he had last year with a bunch of receptions, but at the end of the game, you're just looking at the stats and it's 57 yards for nine receptions. It's not really yeah. what we're used to with him. Um, so that was my first question. How? What's the offense going to do? Is it going to just do what they did last year? Or is it is the dynamic going to change? Is Claypool going to take that jump to two, possibly one? Right. They're claiming that it's going to change. I mean, Ben has come out in interviews and said that he's down to run the ball more. They obviously fired the catfish, Feetner. That needed to happen. Yeah, and they went ahead and they hired and they promoted from within Matt Canada, who runs a very like collegiate style offense with a lot of jet sweeps, and it's based off of the the run game and play action. Two things Ben hates to do. So even if Ben's down to to run the ball, he just is not comfortable at this age and where his body's at playing under center, which does require a little bit more of like, you have to bend over sometimes. He doesn't want to bend over sometimes. I get it. But um, so, yeah, who knows? When you have Claypool, Juju, and Deontay, I think it's arguably the best receiving core in the league if Deontay and Claypool take that step. Obviously, like Tampa Bay, you know, is outrageous in Kansas City, but it's perfectly built because Juju is a slot receiver, which people forget. He's a big slot, and the other two guys are outsides. But you're right. Like, if it's just – if the Steelers' offense is so hamstrung by the need to short pass and, and make sure that Ben doesn't get hit with, by the way, an offensive line that is losing – that is starting backups from last year – Um it's just not going to look that great for Juju. So I guess we're almost talking about from his standpoint, why would Juju want to come back here? Because it, you know, it's believable that he could go to another team and get the same kind of stats. Um, but the other question is, did the Steelers, and Dad, I don't know how much you can really break down this, you know, the money aspect of this. Did the Steelers really choose signing Juju over signing Mike Hilton, who's got $6 million a year, when Juju... Really, he has a $2.5 million cap hit this year. That's you got to play a Pro Bowl player, maybe the best slot receiver in the league. 
for $2.5 million off of the cap. So I don't think it's as simple. And it seems like the Nelson thing is coming from like a confluence of events where maybe they were asking him behind the scenes to either take a pay cut, probably doubtful, or if he was asking for an extension and they were like, nah, and that's why he's demanding the trade. But I, yeah, as far as them wanting Juju back for this price, it's insane. You you should definitely take it. But for him coming back, it is a little curious. And the only answer is he's the ultimate stealer ever. Blue collar guy. You know, and if you step back and look at it, you can't really ascribe uh, intentions from anybody. It's sort of what the markets, uh, the markets kind of dried up one thing, right? I mean, he's not, he wasn't going to get $16 million, some, a number that was being thrown out there. So just in summary, it's a one-year deal for $8 million with four voidable years. We talked about that last week. So $7 million of this is deferred. That is cheap to get a superstar. So no wonder the Steelers went out yeah. and got him. We'll talk about how that might offset the ability to keep um, – cornerback later but that that's pretty cheap money for having a proven entity right you do that all day long even if he even one year even if he's catching 5.7 yards which hopefully they correct um so the 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 out years mean nothing to him so this is kind of a prove it contract in a way in anticipation of the cap going up by what it could be 30 million dollars in 2022 because the nfl just did sign its media contract for i think uh i forgot what the number is but it was along the lines well, they could pay off the national debt. That would be the that's what the, that's the idea. There you go. Uh, yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say on that topic because it's been talked about a nauseum is, I think it's a win-win. Juju, like like you're pointing out, is Juju only going to catch the ball for five yards a uh, play, which is not his fault? You saw they got desperate in the Cleveland game. Oh, we're getting embarrassed. Let's throw the, the ball downfield. Oh, 158 yards on about 10 go. catches. Oh, he can still do that. So it's a weird catch for him but he is in a place that prioritizes him he's a leader he's ben's favorite receiver you got to think he'll i mean his stats were still fine this past year just not what you were used to and for the steelers they're convinced that they're loading up for one more run so you want to bring ben's favorite receiver back so i don't know it it is interesting that the jets or someone else didn't sign him but maybe he just didn't want him were you were you surprised that when you saw the other teams that were making the offers there was the ravens and the chiefs that he went to the steelers again because when I saw, I mean, yeah. the Chiefs almost is a no-brainer to me. If, yeah. you, if you really want to do one year, prove it, go catch balls from Mahomes for a year and you'll have those stats again. Uh, the Ravens, probably not the I – mean, I would go back to Pittsburgh before I go back to Baltimore to go try to get one-year prove-it deal. Right. Uh, but uh, the Ravens were offering, I think, nine mil for the year and then four in incentives, so that was yep. the most by far. Yeah, you couldn't offer me $60 million per year to play receiver for the Ravens. But uh, it's just, I mean, Juju, when we got Juju, and you realize, how do we keep lucking out with this? Because at the time, Antonio Brown was a cool guy, all right? And you're like, not only do we get the best receivers, but they had these great personalities. And then the AB stuff started going down. And I started telling myself, like, listen, don't let yourself get too close to Juju. You can't get hurt like that again. So you got to stay guarded. I love Juju. But then when he does this, he gives he sticks his middle finger up the nose of the Baltimore Ravens organization. It's that's amazing. But if and, and it has to endear you. So whatever you think about the construction of the roster, Dad, we were talking about this other day. Steelers fans should just enjoy that he did legitimately take a hometown discount, which is gone in the NFL. That's gone now. And it's even dissuaded by the players' union, right? Because you could think like, oh, Brady takes like Brady's kind of an exception, right? But uh, even the players' union is saying, like, hey, you have to take your value because this affects other people's money. So he took a hometown discount. But in regards to the Chiefs thing, if I were just a Juju fan and not a uh, Steelers fan, I'd be pissed. I think it is such a no-brainer to go to the Chiefs. You can say they have other weapons. They throw the ball 60 times a game. They just score way more touchdowns than everybody. You're going to be on national television every other week, and you're going to make much more money. Your stats are might even be better than they are in Pittsburgh. Honestly, mm-hmm. like he would clean up there. So I guess that's all I have left to say on the Juju thing. Uh, and then the Steven Nelson thing, that is crazy. Uh, and cornerback is now a, a, a possibility for round one. So Steven Nelson is, uh, has asked for it to be traded. The Steelers have agreed to it. Um, they're shopping his number around. It seems unlikely to me that in this year of this, this cap constraint that they're going to be able to come up with the money. He is a $16 million hit, or I'm sorry, a $14 million cap hit to the Steelers this year and I guess you guys are talking about the discussion did uh, retaining Juju 
disenable, is that the word? Our, our oh, yeah. ability to keep Nelson. I, I don't think they're anywhere near close. I think that that was Juju's number as a little bit more than pocket lint in the scheme of things. Yes, yeah. I agree. Uh, it is weird. That, like, could you have finagled that and something else to get Hilton? At least, like we were saying all year, David, and I don't know how much you really got to watch them play, but I was telling you this all year. Like, I don't know if the Steelers can find a way to get rid of Hayden and Nelson for Hilton and Sutton, but I would do that. If like these guys are four to 10 years younger and uh, you lose Hilton and Nelson, I wouldn't say this is the worst disaster that could happen for the Steelers in the offseason, but it's pretty damn bad. At least they got Sutton. Yeah, you were saying that all year. You were. You were high on Hilton and Sutton and kind of worried about what was going to happen at the end of the year. Right? Yeah. You got one of two, but now it looks like you might be down one of three. Yeah, because Nelson's a good player, yeah. uh, and he's relatively young. Uh, Hayden, I love Hayden, but we've talked about this kind of ad nauseum. He's 32, 32 years, years old and playing corner, yeah. so yeah, there it is. Anyways, that's, that's all we got on that. But $15 million in dead cap between the two of them, so. Ooh. Damn it. So I will say it. We released Vince Williams. No. Big Vince. No. I almost cried at his tweet, riding around in the lamb, just looking at Pitt one more time. I was like, so, just sign him. <laughs> sign him back. Tell him sorry. Tell him to come back. This is one of the greatest Steelers we've ever seen. He's a six-round pick. He came in there like the first time Shazier got hurt. And, uh, you know, he struggled. But he was so cool. We didn't care, and he just worked his way better, better, better. He's just one of those consummate Steelers players. I think he is uh, – we've talked about our top ten Steelers list a little bit. Every once in a while, we refresh that. Vince is always creeping around there for me because he's just got a huge personality. He's such a Steelers player. Like, can he cover? Not really. It's not as bad as people say it is, but not really. But he hits the crap out of people, and he's hilarious. And uh, it just sucks to lose those guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I thought that was a uh... – He's not the Pro Bowl player that like you worry about when they leave, but as far as the heart and soul of that defense, even yeah. if he's not on there in third down, he's still from the sideline the heart and soul of that defense. So I was yeah. su- I was surprised to see him be released. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought him and Hayden would be the obvious ones to go. Another guy like Hayden, one of the most lovable guys. But you would think the Vince makes sense. The wrench that we got this off season is is the Hayden thing, and. Uh, you know, that is what it is. I think maybe it's also a sign that, uh, well, first off, Nelson saves them more money off the cap, getting rid of him instead of Hayden. So maybe their plan the whole offseason was to get rid of one of these guys, and they chose the 28-year-old or whatever over the 32-year-old. So we said at the beginning of this offseason, Dad, I think we have a checklist at the bottom of all of our scripts right now, right? We have, like, uh, right after the last game and the anger of being embarrassed by a, brown, uh, by, by a team's that mascot is feces. A poop team knocked us out of the damn playoffs, and we were angry, and we wanted answers, and we made a list. What do you need to do? Okay, cut bait with loved, beloved veterans to, to keep this insane young talent. What, what kind of grade do we give them right now? Maybe a C, to be honest with you. So something to still monitor. We'll, we'll, we will actually refer back to our predictions there. But, yeah, Vince is gone. That sucks. But another big personality, Zach Banner. Man who started one quarter in his NFL career is getting paid big money to play tackle for the Steelers. Sometimes it's better to be a uh, better be lucky than good. Well, he didn't have any tape this year, so he can't say it was because of my play. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have the video doing the um, flash dance. That's true. He's did hilarious. You see that? Yeah. No, he's the I man. He's got a great big personality. Hey, I'm not saying he's going to be good or, or bad, but just all the uh, the rumblings in Pittsburgh is that first round could be uh, running back, and now you got to assume um, corner. And I just, the more I think about it, I do not know how you, you can take any position but tackle. There's so many available, and you're starting two question mark guys, and you don't have anybody behind them. Uh, so a lot, it, this is a massive roll of the dice on banner and i guess to sort of tie this this first section of the podcast up like they really are trying to win the super bowl this year like how else could you explain them re-signing juju who of course makes your team way better this year but there's there's weird things there now maybe they get out of it because my thought has always been like don't sign him long term because you're going to need to sign deontay and claypool long term at some point and i'd rather gamble on them but you're signing him you're keeping hayden is he going to be good through the whole year? I don't even know. Uh, and Banner, you're just rolling the dice on a guy you really like who has no tape, as you said. 
Hey, so I was totally off on defensive line. They did not bring back Danny McCullers. They re-signed Chris Wormley. So Tyson Alualu goes back home, um, and he is Chris Wormley is next man up. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm just going to speed through the rest of the little signings here so we can get to the meat. We can talk about running backs. Everyone else has heard. Obviously, we signed B.J. Finney, a huge signing for the Steelers to get a swing tackle guard who played really well for them uh, before basically wandering the desert for one year. And then the Steelers signed Detroit linebacker Miles Killebrew. All right. That's a top name right there. Uh, Pretty good. This is like a top 10 special teams kind of guy. Which is unfortunate because he's, I think he's been top 10 in special, or top five in special teams tackles like two years in a row. He can't play defense. He couldn't even do it in, in Detroit. So he's definitely not doing it here. We just hope that the Steelers don't lose Jordan Dangerfield, who's been the Steel, like the, another one of those guys. Uh, David, you've watched the best one ever, Matthew Slater in New England, the special teams hero. How valuable do you think that those type of signings are to get like the straight up, this is a guy who's going to make tackles on the punt and kick team? Uh, I think having those guys is huge. And they signed uh, their second guy maybe two years ago. The Ravens were in a cap crunch and they had a, they dropped Justin Bethel like halfway through the year. Bill probably woke up at 4 a.m. to make that signing because he loves those guys. And no, like, Last year was tough to watch, but Jake Bailey, the punter, would boom 60-yarders, and then almost 90% of the time it's Slater and Bethel meeting at the guy at the end. So when they when they can't get any any yards with that punt, it's huge, and you can bury them and bury them and bury them even if your team's not moving the ball great. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you make them st- – we, we, when we watched the Killer Bees, it was brutal because the casual football fan doesn't realize, like, oh, look at all these pieces. Why aren't the numbers there? And if you watch the Steelers, you realize if they don't drive 85 yards, there's not going to be a touchdown because the defense was so bad. If you look at their average starting field position, you could probably go back now, look at NFL Jesus. Like, it was terrible. And so you have to make an 80-yard drive to win every time, whether as you watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the – play the Super Bowl or play in the NFC Championship game, all they got to do is go 50 to 60 yards every time. And so the Steelers have an issue with their punter who's wildly inconsistent, Barry, right? But what this Kilbrew uh, thing does is if you can retain Jordan Dangerfield, you also get the biggest signing of the past two years. The Steelers have Derek Watt who makes almost as much money as, as friggin' Mike Hilton is making right now. But <laughs> you better make some damn tackles this year, Derek Vaughn. <laughs> you piece of garbage. We don't we we don't have the silver bullet anymore, but we have Derek Watt. But he is another top ten and I'm not throwing around the word top ten. Like he he was a top five, top ten special teams guy. Like the Steelers have just found all these guys and gotten them on one team, along with Ray Ray McLeod, who I think is one of the three best return specialists in the entire league right now. The numbers would bear that out. I think he was second last year to Cordero Patterson. And you have Chris Boswell, who after one year of of, uh, seemingly injury-riddled play, your special teams are nasty. So you look at the Steelers, and they're such a weird team because you have Ben, who's at the end here. We're all worried about a Drew Brees-type thing. We're like, maybe he'll look good in the first half of the season, but he could fall off. Uh, The offensive line is a total question mark. But you have all pros on every side of the ball. And if you have a special teams with Kilbrew, um, Dangerfield, Watt, a bunch of these other dudes who are out there, Ulysses Gilbert, like like you said, that makes a massive difference with those 12 plays a game or whatever it happens to be. So I think that that's a pretty great signing. We got Joe Haig from, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody, he's the guy who dropped the pass, and the fat guy who dropped the pass in the Super Bowl, he's not good. But I guess you need to bring in some uh, – he plays tackle, center, and guard. Which I think John Ledyard said on Twitter, like, yeah, it's not a good sign. <laughs> you shouldn't should play all three. He's not, like, great at, he's not great at any of them, but he'll play them all. <laughs> and he will try. He almost got that ball. So, yep. Interestingly, he came out of that powerhouse that we're starting to look at all the time, North Dakota State. Yeah, we're looking at the center. Offensive line. Have you heard of that center uh, from North Dakota State yet, David? I'm going to dive into him soon, but the Steelers uh, avoided Trey Lance, and they're looking at the center. Uh, I actually have not seen any on him. I've just been focused on Trey Lance, but uh... damn it, we'll 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 go over that later. All right, all right. We're going to get into the running backs here in a second, but first, a word from our sponsor. 
Bet online, baby. Let's make some money. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I might put some money down. The Steelers are taking Najee no matter what in round one. Whether it's right, whether it's wrong, the Steelers are like, we found Le'Veon Bell. I don't care what it takes. Can we trade somebody else for this draft pick? No, no, no. You're, you're already picking at 24. How about this? We'll give you DeCastro. We're the NFL. We're not a team. We can't take on players. You take DeCastro. We're taking Najee. And I'm taking money from the bank from Bet Online on that prop bet. March Madness, well, almost over by the time you hear this. But get in on the action. Bet Online, the best place to bet. Ching your online sports book experts. Use that code armchair to get that 50% welcome bonus. Ching eBay sneakers from rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In a partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off not one, not five, but four custom-made sneakers. Every purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. Big boys! Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Go buy some sneakers. eBay. Hey, so two weeks ago, we started our... Analysis of the draft class, we started off launch by looking at offensive tackles. This week, we are looking at a little more of a sexy position, yeah. the running backs. Yes, yeah, so David, this is one of the big reasons why we brought you here. You have trained countless running backs in your mind, in my mind, over the years, and we know what to look for. So I want to basically hand a lot of the uh, – I have full scouting reports, pages long, paragraphs even – uh, but I want to cue you up with a few of these running backs. You let me know what you think. Uh, I'll give it back to you. Dad, same thing. This is how we talk about running backs. But the first one we have to talk about, do, you, do we start with Najee? I think we have, we, we have to. You have to. Don't, we're not going to make the people wait. So Najee Harris. Prize jewel. Uh, prize jewel, running back, Alabama, six foot two, 230 pounds, exactly in the Steelers' measurables. What do you see when you watch Najee Harris? Power, power, power. He's uh, what I like to see. Like I said in the beginning, um, I think that was off recording, but every year he's just gotten better. Uh, freshman year, he had so much hype coming out. He was the, he's going to be the next AP. He's going to be this and that. And obviously, with the talent at Alabama, you don't start freshman year, but he still got playing time freshman year. He looked a little stiff then, um, sophomore year. Kind of shared duties a little bit still with um, all the talent that they have. But last year he comes in, and this year he just looks like I'm, I'm the lead dog. No one's really touching this. They don't have a second guy pretty much. He's doing everything. He's catching Which is it, rare. Which is rare they always for have two. They always have two first-round running backs. Exactly. And so I'm, when they give this guy all the snaps. It says it a lot. Something. Yeah, it says a lot. And I'm sure they do have a guy, and he'll plug in next year and be a stud too. But yeah. I think this year Najee was so good that you can't take him off the field. Um, definitely has enough speed. Speed. When we talk about speed, I mean, I'm not looking for the guy that's going to hit the 80-yard touchdown. That just that's that's pretty rare in the NFL. Agreed. If you get if you have one that they're going to have four of those for 80 yards throughout the season, give me the guy that does it 50 yards for 10 times during the season. I, I want I want that guy, and Najee can do that easily. Um, we were talking a little bit this morning, kind of just popped to me. His move, that jump cut, he sticks his foot in the ground and he can cut back about two or three feet just to see a hole and then puts his foot in the ground. I might get killed for this, but it reminds <laughs> me of Adrian Peterson. I mean, at yeah. Oklahoma, he does the same thing. He does the jump cut. AP's going to break away a little bit more. Najee might get caught from behind, but he's going to do the jump cut. He's going to hit that hole, and then good luck getting him down with one one person. Yeah. The thing that's amazing about this incredible running back from Alabama, Le'Veon B <clears throat> Najee Harris, is that it's that jump cut move. He's so sudden. So when I look at Najee Harris, it I know this is looking through biased eyes, but I'm not the first person who's made this comparison. It is Le'Veon Bell reincarnated. He's a little bit more explosive and quick than Le'Veon is. 
and a little bit more he's going to lean more into the battering ram whereas lev might juke a couple guys out but they both have this the same skills there they're both incredibly smooth in the pass game he like you can there's footage of i can sh you know the great video of uh, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan split screened and you can see Doing Kobe the exact same thing. Yeah. Yes. He learned one of my Kobe favorite videos. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's how I learned the fadeaway. It was like, I took yeah. them from Mike same spot on the court. I could give you that with the catch reel from Le'Veon on the Steelers and Najee Harris catching fades on wheel, wheel routes. routes. Yes. 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 Into the front corner of the end zone. Same thing. Like a linebacker is not going to cover these guys. Um, but like, to be that agile and powerful at 6'2", 230, I, don't, like, I think the Steelers could have no starting linemen and they wouldn't be able to resist taking this guy. He's like, he's such a Steelers player. And in regards to the jump cut Adrian Peterson thing you were saying, I see the same thing. We're not saying he's Adrian Peterson because Adrian Peterson, like you said, he'll break away for the 90-yard run and get the five-yard run every time. And he just had such a violent style of running that Najee – nobody – I haven't seen anybody with that. It's like him and Jim Brown or Earl Campbell. But mm -hmm. Najee's looking for contact as well. But the thing about the jump cuts is they all go forward. He's not trying to stop, bounce it outside. He doesn't do the Le'Veon thing of where Le'Veon actually would come to a complete stop behind the line of scrimmage and pick his hole. But he almost runs exclusively with hops. It's really wild. And he always gets upfield. So the the grade for him is like, yeah, he's an, he's an A+. Plus. I mean, yeah. um, he's not a home run hitter. He, is, he has a little bit more of that than Le'Veon did. But he's just going to paper cut you to death with seven yard runs he's good in pass protection i'm sure he can improve a little bit there but with that frame you gotta assume it can happen he's got a great personality too for whatever that's mm -hmm. you know worth smart guy it seems like so he'd be able to learn the nfl system and yeah he's just a, he's a massive home run and if he lasts till the steelers and they take him i'll have mixed emotions because from a team building standpoint it's really hard for me to see the steelers you got to take a tackle. There's so many For available, sure. and you need line help so badly. But I'll be rejoicing th at the idea of getting to watch this guy every Sunday. So, yeah, he's pretty much an A-plus for me. Yeah. I mean, it's always hard to take that first-round running back, but if you are going to take him, Najee Harris is the back this year. Uh, one thing I wrote down, like, like you were saying, as far as falling forward, if it's fourth and one, he's getting that yard 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 times. He's not, he's not a negative yard back. He's not going to hop around. He's going to hit that hole. He almost sets up the run where he knows he's going to jump cut it, and he kind of sets up the defense that way. The, the line's going that way. The defensive line's going that way. Right. And he almost knows, through, like, just because of his vision, that that jump cut's going to be there, and he hits it so hard that people are diving for his leg. And if you're diving for his leg, you're not taking Najee Harris down. Okay, so we do agree that Le'Veon Bell is a good choice in the first round. Hey, I'm sorry. I loved watching him play. It was so much fun, man. I want, let's, let's bring it back. Okay, Javante Williams, running back, UNC, greatest uniforms in sports. That counts for something. 5'10", 220, made in a lab for NFL running backs. Perfect body size, body type, meets all the Steelers kind of requirements in that region. What do you think about Javante Williams? Because I love him. I I love this guy. I know it's it's the top three are obviously Harris, Etienne, and Williams. But I the more I watched, I have to, I had to put like Williams. I think I would take before Etienne. I as far as the three down back, I know what I'm gonna get. Yeah. And I like to think Etienne will be. A, we'll get to him, but I he'll be a three down back. Williams, I know will be a three down back. Exactly. Uh, he's uh, one thing. He's a bowling ball. If yep. he gets ahead of steam, he's low center of gravity. Like you said, he's 220. He's not a small guy. No. And he just – he will – he'll run you over. If he's 10 yards with speed, he's going to run you over with two or three people. He has three down potential all the way. As far as receiving, he looks fluid. Like It, it looks good. Yeah. One-handed catches. Yeah. There's, seen him there, like... there's no – Yeah. There's no effort to it. It's very – it's all natural. It's all hands. There's no – catching with the chest which god i hate but get out of here uh, Snell. It, it's, it's, he's just a fluid pass a fluid pass catcher the running uh 
his feet, I was enamored with his feet. It just so quick, so fluid in the, the hole. And then in the open field, he's going to, he can make you miss easily. I thought he had everything. I, I, I didn't watch enough North Carolina during the year, but when I did the tape, I was just like, I mean, yeah, this guy the is blocking dude. He kills kill people. people. So Najee's a good blocker. Him. I think he's the best pass blocker probably in the Williams is definitively a better pass blocker, yeah, he's which not is afraid. big for the Steelers, which by the way, I like I'll always refer back to Le'Veon cause I want to remember the good days. I mean, this Le'Veon was unreal. There is there is no snap you can find in his career after that first year where if he's blocking like the, it's done the guy's blocked he's gonna identify the right guy he's not gonna pull a Devonta Freeman in the damn Super Bowl oh where's my guy oh Dante Hightower anybody ever heard of this extremely famous player who's blitzing through here on the situation no oh, I'm just gonna stand here all right wide open for 80 yard touchdown who was it Gabriel anyways back to the point Javante Williams. You know, when they talk about players like they're a created player in Madden, that's what Adrian Peterson is, or Saquon Barkley. It's like, do you want a guy who's 300 pounds and runs a 4-1 and can jump over people? That's this guy. Or, you know, Deshaun or, or Mahomes or just these insane DK. people who are just, yeah, LeBron James, these people whose, whose body types don't make sense with how yeah. fast they are. That's not what Javante Williams is. He's like, okay, tell the computer to create a player for me. Where's the perfect running back? Okay, it's got to be 5'10". He's going to have the leverage, but he has to be big enough to run people over and take it on. It's going to be 220. Uh, is he doing any crazy dancing in the hole? Nope, but he can cut. He can shake you if he needs to one-on-one. -on -one. His vision, he always picks the right hole. When he's blocking, he always picks the right guy to block. When you, you waited for him to see some pass catching... It's natural, like you said, he catches with his hands. I saw him make a few one-handers. And then he has that option route down, mm -hmm. which is where the running back comes out of the backfield and they get one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker and they just got to juke him. They're either going to sit there or go left and go right, which was, let's let's just keep going back to the, you know, the star. Le'Veon, that was where he made his money. It wasn't flexing him out wide. He made a lot of critical catches that way, for sure, flexing out wide. But Le'Veon's value, I always thought, was on the check down, on the option route. They used to just burn teams like that. And Ben really needs that kind of guy at this stage of his career. I think all of the top three guys can do that. But when I watch Javante, you see him is shorter. You wonder, like, does he have that slick aspect of him? Because uh, he's not much of like a juker. He doesn't have like the sexiest shake. But he's just, he reminds me of like a little bit of a smaller Nick Chubb. Like Nick Chubb definitely has a, another gear that he doesn't have. And he's just a huge man. But it is like, it's not sexy. But man, it's just, a, it's effective. So that's what I think. I think we agree on Javante Williams. Awesome all around running back. If they took him in the first, again, same same opinion. You should take a tackle. But like. That's a first-round day-one starter to me as well. Okay, so the next guy, Travis Etienne. There's the sex. There's the sexy home run hitter. What? Uh, let's see. Running back, Clemson, 5'10". Weighed in at 215 in his pro day, but everyone says he plays closer to 205, and it might have made his 40 a little slower. I think he ran a pathetic, like, 444 or something like that. I mean, it's pretty awful, right? But, um, yeah, I remember Daniel Jeremiah had a tweet saying, like, I'd actually like to see him – take off the 10 pounds he gained and get down to that 4-3 again and play at that weight. Uh, but, yeah, Travis Etienne's the home run hitter. What do you think about him? Speed. Yeah, just like you said. Um, I do think he's the he's four, sub 4-4 four, four guy um, if he does go back down. That was kind of the worry, though, because is he going to be the three-down back? Can he run between the tackles? Uh, I think I said it to you before. Right. This is one of the more – Clemson is a powerhouse, but as far as powerhouse, it's a gimmicky offense. It is not a totally. pro-style offense. It, the holes that this guy is running through, <laughs> like I could walk through and still get 10 yards. So that you kind of have – it's just in the back of my head, like, yeah, this dude is a home run guy. He the holes there, yeah, it's a huge hole. But then he, you look up and he's 60 yards down the field smoking everyone that he just went by. Yeah. But I just can't. I couldn't get over like God. I mean, it's a it's a sweep to the right. It's a sweep to the left. It's a go out to the right. He puts his foot in HB counter back to the left. So the entire play is going to the right. But he's now running to the left. He's going to get forty yards with that run pretty quickly. Um, out of the top three, by far he has the most speed. The one thing I did like I I 
do watch Clemson a lot because they're always on. Yeah. Every single year, he got stronger and stronger and stronger. He doesn't go down easy. Uh, it definitely takes a couple of people to take him down. For his size, I was impressed by that. Yeah, same. Um, makes me think he can get, even get better at that. One negative definitely on him that came up, uh, he got stopped by Notre Dame pretty quick, pretty easily. And then he yeah. does, out of the top three, I think he has the worst with ball security. And I don't know how that will translate. If that's going to be a problem, Georgia Tech, he had a couple fumbles. Um but as far as home run hitter, out of these top three, yeah, he's going to be the f- guy that takes the 80-yard touchdowns. Yeah. So in regards to what you were saying about watching Clemson, watching a gimmicky, gimmicky offense, this is what trips me up when I watch Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, damn, I, I just don't get to see him in any NFL situations. And that doesn't mean that Etienne and uh, you know um, Trevor Lawrence can't do it. It just sucks that you don't get to see it because – we mentioned Joe Burrow earlier. We love talking about Joe Burrow as a prospect, and so does P. Butch, Dad. We always talk about Burrow. Like, he's the rare case where you get to watch an elite prospect play elite SEC competition every week, but Joe Burrow didn't have a great offensive line. So when you watch Tua, it's like you get to see him watch. Uh, you get He plays against elite competition, but I don't ever see him under pressure. But with Burrow and even Mac Jones this year, you actually get to see what it's like when they're throwing with people around their legs. And that's what I want to see more of with Etienne. Like, what happens when there's a, 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 like a guy in your face right when you touch the ball? Because that's going to happen for the Steelers, at least this year, probably. Can you make that first guy miss? And, I, and I've seen it a, a, enough times, but what's nice about the other guy's film is you get to see it a lot of times. And that Alabama line was not that great this year so you did get a chance to see that with Najee a little bit more so we're not saying that he can't but the strength is obviously that's not what his game is predicated on and you need a level of that uh he's just he's a sexy player he's like a faster Alvin Kamara that might be a a lazy comp you know it's a that's a famous running back but Alvin's a little bit a little bit bigger, but they have a similar build and a swiftness to them, and the the pass game elite. I mean, he's so damn good in the pass game. Just the thing is, the other two that we mentioned, if you're taking a first-round guy, well, those guys are awesome in the pass game, too. And my last thing on Etienne is, like, again, they showed... I was shocked that they showed so much interest at the Clemson Pro Day, and I'm hoping that that's for Amari Rogers, the slot receiver, who, by the way... All right, I'm going to go off on a tangent real quick. This is a preview for Mari Rogers. He plays for Clemson, but I got to see him in NFL situations because he catches the ball, and then he I get to see him go one-on-one with a person a lot of the time. Um, but the Steelers were at, uh, very interested. They sent the house to the Clemson Pro Day, and you don't know if it's for Etienne, but you know they're looking at him. It just doesn't seem like a back the Steelers would know how to take advantage of. of. And I know that it might be right for Matt Canada's offense, a speed offense like that, but I don't trust – that they would know how to use him, but he could go to uh, the Rams and be a superstar, you know? So I, if they take him, I'm psyched for a superstar player like that. But uh, out of the three guys up there, I would I would take him last if I was the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least. Okay, next guy. Now we're going to do two. We'll, we'll kind of speed up here as we get through the, through the end. But honestly, we got a little time. We got three more guys we want to look at. So we have two maybe second, early third-round guys and Michael Carter, who's another UNC running back. Every once in a while, you see these guys come in twos uh, from the same school, so that's not that weird. You got Michael Carter, and you got, I believe this is your love. This is your crush, right? I was going to say love child, but that's actually when you have a child with someone else. I don't, I don't think that's really what happened here. Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, extremely intriguing prospect. And then the last guy we'll look at, who's probably a slight tick below them, will be Trey Sermon from Ohio State. So let's go ahead and start with Kenneth Gainwell, running back from Memphis, 5'11", although he doesn't look that tall on the field, 195 pounds. So a guy with a giant, he's got big legs, but he's a smaller looking running back. What do you think about Kenneth Gainwell? If they say he's 195, that's soaking wet. Yeah. (laughs) He's a small guy. He, he's yeah. not big, but he's explosive. And, I mean, he's – he's last year, Antonio Gibson, him and Gamewell kind of split, uh, yep. carries Washington a little bit. Washington started running back. Star. We've seen what Antonio Gibson can do. Um, that definitely translated. Gibson's a little bigger than Gamewell, but 
just watching some of the games and you see these stat lines and one, I think I texted you one of them, dude, he had like 10 receptions for 200 yards receiving and then yeah. he had 100 yards rushing. Those are crazy numbers. I don't care where you play. Oh, yeah. Um, he's NFL. Like, he's going to break big plays in the NFL. He's going to break big plays in the NFL. He's going to be a problem. I wrote here, he's like a... At the end of the game, you look, this dude had 10 carries, 65 yards, six receptions for 70. Darren Sproles? I mean, maybe, yeah, may, just maybe a little more integrated with the offense, not as much special teams, but right. as far as um, he's a Swiss, uh, the cliche, he's a Swiss Army knife. Um, right. Now, with him, though, I do think it's very important where he goes. Totally. Not every team will know how to use a player like this, and you would hate to see him go to waste. Um, I think we said Curtis Samuel is someone I've kind of put him up towards as far Who's as a receiver. He's, he's a, a receiver. weird tweener though. He's like a, a, I think Chris Sims was way early on this, on the quote unquote running back receiver. Yeah. Debo Samuel, Curtis, wait, is Debo Samuel? Debo did the same stuff. Are they both named Samuel? That just tripped it me is. up. It is. Valley. Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Uh, guys that you just like, just throw the ball two yards to this guy and let him let run go. with it. Yeah. So you're comparing Kenneth Gainwell, and you've compared him to this guy a couple times for me. He keeps saying, like, he reminds me of Curtis Samuel. So does that make him an actual running back, though? That, and that's why I say it, it depends where he goes. I, he's not going to be the first down back. First down, he is not in I formation. If that is your first down running back, he will die by week eight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he needs to be the jet sweep. He needs to uh, – you don't see the toss anymore, but even the the pass where the quarterback just plops it right in front of him, and Antonio Brown did a lot, and yeah. take another jet sweep. We he, don't say that. I we know. don't say that name yeah. on the podcast. He who shall not be named. Thank you. Um, Voldemort you can use as well. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he give him the ball, and I think he will – I think he's going to make plays in the NFL for a while. I, yeah, I'm excited. So, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, what you just list. Yeah, because if the Patriots get him, he's going to be a superstar. And he's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, but um, uh, because they know how to use those little dudes. Like, oh, you thought James White was good. You thought Deion Lewis was good. Wait till you see Kenneth Gainwell. Well, it was funny. as You're saying, oh, he's going to be great on jet sweeps. And the, Steel- the joke in Steelers Nation right now is like Matt Canada's offense. First thing you think of, jet sweep. He does jet sweeps. Because we didn't do a jet sweep for – Steelers didn't do a jet sweep in their history and he came in and the first four games they caught a bunch of jet sweeps every single one of them worked uh claypool was scoring one touchdown a game or icing the game of the jet sweeps and then a couple teams were like oh, okay we got onto their tendency let's stop the jet sweep and feetner was like well guess the jet sweep doesn't work anymore instead of designing a counter but you're saying tosses Steelers love the toss that was Le'Veon bell's best play it was the 26 counter and then that little toss where the one time Steelers beat the damn Patriots. They had uh, Jalen friggin' Samuels as the running back, and they did the toss where you actually throw it straight back, and, and then he does the cutback or whatever. So all of those things match up with what the Steelers like, but he's just too small for the Steelers running back. And, like, you think, oh, hey, we we had Bell. Like, we had a receiver. Even D'Angelo Williams caught some passes. We we know how to use guys out there. No, you don't. You don't. Bell was six foot eight, two hundred ninety pounds, and could play and could do anything. Like you, you could put him in the eye form and give him forty touches a game, which they did for a long time. That's not the same as knowing how to deploy a chess piece like that. But I do agree with you. He's going to be a stud in the NFL. What about another little guy, Michael Carter, five eight, two, but two hundred two pounds. This man is a bowling ball. Michael Carter, the backfield mate in UNC to Javante Williams, he had his fair share number of 200-yard games. So you wonder, like, well, we just talked about Javante Williams as being a star first-round NFL pick. Why would anybody ever take, take him off the field? Well, because Michael Carter was pretty good. What did you see when you watched him? This dude can do the same thing that um, Gamewell can kind of do, too. He's a good pass catcher. He, he's got some speed to him, but – Definitely has a lot of shiftiness to him. Give him the ball out of the um, backfield. He's not going to be the three-down back. He needs a he needs kind of a one-two punch, yeah. someone to take off the early downs, and then bring him in third down. Obviously, I think any rookie running back needs to learn how to pass protect better. Um, but he yeah. has the size to do it. Like you said, he's he's over 200 pounds. He's not 
he's got more muscle to him than uh, yeah. the other little guy. He's not slight. He's, he's not short, and he's not afraid yeah. to lower the shoulder. He will. No, he's good in between the tackles. Yeah. He's not like a speed sweep guy. He reminded me probably because it's the same uniform, but like Javante Williams, I'm like, hey, he's just like a not as good version. It's a smaller version. He, he but he. I wish I got to see him catch the ball more because they barely threw it to him in the games that I watched, and I saw enough from Javante. I'm like, okay, I've seen him shake three linebackers. I've seen him catch the ball with one hand. Javante or Michael Carter, yeah, he seemed to catch the ball when they threw it to him, That's but it. I just I didn't get to see enough. He just doesn't seem as explosive, but. He's an NFL running back for sure. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. He's going to make plays, I think. Uh, so I what mean, if they took him and you had to start Benny Snell and then you had Michael Carter? What What are you thinking there? Is Is that a disaster or is that like, okay? I know you don't like Benny Snell. I don't think I – would, I would go the other way. I would rather find someone who replaces Benny Snell and then maybe Benny Snell is the second guy. I, yeah, I don't right, want right. him being the first one. I'd rather take someone who – that's Maybe could point. take a little pressure off him being the guy and not 50-50, but, you know, 60-40 right. or something Well, like he's that. A, Carter's also a kick returner, too, so he does have some long – he broke some long runs, run. so that's what's nice about him. Yeah. But, yeah, I just don't – I don't see the Steelers doing that. I mean, 5'8", 202 pounds, like you said. Uh, it just doesn't seem like the greatest fit because, like what we said, well, where does he fit? If he's not the three-down back, do you really want to shuffle him with Benny Snell? Tomlin loves Benny Snell, so maybe. But uh, if they took him, I would think, hey, cool, you got a really good NFL running back. I just don't think that's quite the best fit. And just for reference, like Etienne, Javante Williams, and, and Najee, like we said, those are first-round guys. If not, they're going in the first ten picks of the second round. I see some people mocking Javante Williams to the Steelers at 55. I'm like, oh, wow. if that happened – we're popping a bottle because that that guy's a first-round running back. Um, and then these other guys, Carter and Gainwell, they could go anywhere from two to three. Four. I mean, does yeah, Carter two, go all the way to four, four, maybe? Carter could go all the way to four. And maybe if you got him there, that would be great value. But this last guy, Trey Sermon, it got to be like a third-round pick or something like that, right? This is the Ohio State running back, six foot, 220 pounds, perfectly matches the Steelers' athletic profile. I can't remember. Was he a senior – or not the the Steelers really like to take juniors. I know he was a senior, so that's the one thing that takes uh, him out of the equation there. But what do you think about when you watch Trey Sermon from Ohio State? So obviously he blew. He got on everyone's radar with the playoff run that he had. Uh, yeah, it remind you of like the Zeke run back back in the day when Whew. that's yeah it was it was insane. Um, he has a nasty stiff arm. He started his career yeah. in Oklahoma. Uh, I think they just had too much talent, and then when Hertz was there, they went with the other guy, and Sermon kind of took a back seat, so that's why he transferred to Ohio State. Um, he's got, yeah, nasty stiff arm. He's not going to wow you with speed. He probably won't break the long runs, more like Le'Veon, where he'll get those 15 to 20 yards, but uh, – as far as like hip strength and like I can't so many times the guys would go try to make the tackle and his legs are flaring up and everything but he's still staying on his feet he's got incredible balance he, he's just hard to bring down on that first contact and yeah. if he gets a little speed it's people are hold, holding on for all their might trying to just not let go because he's not going to go down with some wimpy tackler absolutely not he hits no. he, he's a he's a north south runner he's not going to do the east west he, he he's to me a black and white kind of cut and dry this is what you're going to get he's going to get the yards and if the Steelers could get him in the third round I think that's a fantastic fit this is the guy to me honestly like this is who the Steelers should draft and if they could do it in the third round I think you have your starting running back we talked about Javante Williams being like a hey if if create a player if Madden created the running back for you that's what this guy is just less sexy he does remind me like he doesn't remind me of James Conner in their playing style but what I've always said about James Conner is like eh, jack of all trades master of none he can catch he can block he can run he can get tough yards he can break off a 40 50 yard run from time to time it's just not sexy like, Connor's not a sexy player. Uh, he, he picked up some dancing, I think, from playing behind Le'Veon. That I, sometimes I wish he would get out of his game, James Connor, because like, well, he doesn't have the acceleration to, to take advantage of it. Um, but that's what Trey Sermon is. You're right. It's like a black and white, 
Like this is an NFL running back. He's north and south. He's not a finesse guy. He's not going to juke guys out. He's not going to. Ju- he does try to. Ju- it's funny is when you watch Najee, he'll get caught in the like people swarm on him in the backfield. I'm like I'm just going to jump over you. Boom, fifty yards. Trey Sermon tries to jump over people, <laughs> and every time I've seen him try, he jumps high enough to do it, but he doesn't time it up. So he he actually gets tackled. But it's like. It doesn't look bad, but you didn't jump. You didn't clear him. Um, so that, like, he's a slasher. He's a prototypical slasher. By the way, has never surpassed 200 carries in a season. So, and that's not necessarily a result of performance. It's just what it is. I mean, he played with Justin Fields, and then Oklahoma only runs it four times a game. So he's very fresh. And the Steelers and Mike Tomlin prefer a bell cow running back. This guy can do that for you. He's already an upgrade over James Conner. He's, he's just a little bit faster, and uh, he's obviously an upgrade over the other guys on the roster. Great forward lean and contact balance. Decisive in the hole. He's just a running back's running back. He's not a sexy guy, but he does not fumble. Hands seem fine. Only downsides to this guy besides, like, yeah, I mean, sure as hell I ain't taking him in the second round, but he's... I didn't get to see him in pass protection or at all. And I didn't get to see him in many receiving situations. Uh, and I didn't get a good feel for his vision either. It seems good, but Ohio State isn't as bad as Clemson with this. Yeah. But there's some big holes there. Yeah. But like you said, he's gonna. if someone gets their arms around him, he's going to drag the guy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get knocked back. And this guy just seems like exactly what the Steelers are looking for at running back. And since I don't think they should go running back in the first round, this to me is the best value because Gainwell and Carter, they're too small for what the Steelers want. And Trey Sermon checks all the boxes. We were going to talk about Chubba Hubbard and Kylan. What's the other guy? There's a guy from Oklahoma or something like that. Uh, Kylan Hill, for, I think, from yeah. Hill from Texas A&M. And yeah, Texas A&M. Oklahoma all those guys Stevenson. are going to be like – well, just don't even draft. Don't waste a draft pick on a running back there. You already have those guys on with McFarland and Snell and whoever else you're going to pick up. I like the goal for the Steelers is to reestablish the running game. To me, Trey Sermon is the guy they should really target in the draft. Uh, Mid round draft pick. If you have to get him in three, I'm cool with that. But the corner is a major need. Tight end if it falls to you, and of course the offensive line. So, either way. I guess my final thoughts there, if you take one of the sexy guys in the first round, like I'm not going to complain. I don't. Do I think it's the right answer? No. But could they prove me wrong? For sure. Uh, but this guy seems like the best value to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, only thing, I think, uh, I think the reason he blew up in the playoffs was because during the year he had some injury issues, so I don't know mm. how he is with durability. And then, like you said, um, I don't think he's going to be – a huge threat in the passing game, so you might need to worry about third down. Who's if if someone needs to catch passes out of the backfield, which yeah. running back is it going to be? And they don't have, they do not have that guy in Pittsburgh and yet. So not be another get piece. That will be another piece of the puzzle there. David, uh, we certainly got our money's worth. The Steelers Outpost podcast greatly benefited from your insight and perspective. Thanks for being here this week. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure and a blast, and uh, hope to do it again. Oh, we shall. We'll definitely yeah. do it again. Awesome. Nick, uh, do you already have a target who, who we're talking about next week? What position group? I haven't decided who we're going to talk about next week, but maybe it is time to get on to the centers because uh, we're going to – and I think maybe the week after that we'll do corners because I hadn't prioritized watching cornerbacks until we found out that we lost all of our starting cornerbacks. So I think the week after that we'll do corners, and then we'll kind of just go from there. Tight ends probably the week after that. Hey, David, thanks for all the work you put into that. Thanks for spending the time here on a beautiful Sunday afternoon when, can, when you could be out there raking leaves or something like that. Yeah. No place I'd rather be than right here, boys, talking football. <laughs> That's right. I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. I felt like we got, yeah, we got a, that is my definitive, I think David agrees, th- those are our definitive lockdown opinions on running backs. That's not going to change. We've watched a bunch of these guys. They have so many good options. And if you take Najee, I'm not going to complain. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.